the gift of loneliness. Now, now, why is loneliness a gift? Loneliness is a gift because it has this unbearable quality to it. But here's the thing. To simply linger and dwell in that unbearableness is what is needed to transform yourself, right? And it's so funny because we always grasp externally and outward with our eyes. And I often, I often think about this in, in terms of, you know, so many people ask me, well, you know, why don't you have a, a, a woman well, the answer is, I find it in the current stage of my development that if I were to find a woman, it would just be out of my pure avoidance and escapism of myself. That's it. And so that woman will only ever know the part of me that just wants to escape, the part of me that's always trying to hide from myself. Right? And so in that sense, she never really knows who I am. I never know who I am in that case either. Because I refuse to sit in my loneliness, in this unbearableness. And on top of that, I often think about you know, society and so on. And even though we are social animals, I have to question, what do we mean by social exactly? What do we mean by a social creature or isn't the fact that loneliness has a way of speaking that is also social, right? Because I think oftentimes we make the blunder of saying that something social has to emanate something physical, has to display itself as something physical and it's presence, presencing in some material form, a being, another human being, right? I think we've made that blunder many times. We say, well, the human being is social. I do believe the human being is social, but I do question quite sincerely what we mean by social, right? Is it a physical socialness? Or is it that it hides under and beneath the physical socialness or materialness, right? These are questions that I have to ask. And, and we have to wonder their assumptions and we have to question and it's funny because when I, when I see, when I question the most obvious things, you can see the fear in people's eyes, right? They're terrified. They can see the ground being taken away from them because they no longer know anything that is certain, right? They want some kind of certainty. 
But the thing is, only death is certain. And <laughs> and if you want a living thing, you can't make a dead out of living. You can't do it that way, right? One, we assume our ground isn't alive, right? And so this shifting groundlessness is actually the very pulse of the liveliness of the ground itself. And so we, we, we don't understand that to pin down life is to kill life, to simply lay it down and put it in its grave. Many people are afraid of death, but I feel like we don't even really know what death is. And again, it comes down to this material, physical assumptions of what death is. Right? So maybe we're talking about different kinds of death here. But again, back to this idea of socialness and being in the dwelling of loneliness and the gift of loneliness. Loneliness, we have to dwell in it because it must transform into solitude. I don't believe that you can have solitude without first transforming the loneliness. And so that's why there's this big disconnect between people that love solitude and people that say, well, don't you feel lonely? And it's like, well, no, I don't feel lonely because I've transformed, I've transformed the loneliness into solitude. It's now the most loveliest thing ever. You know, it's the most loveliest thing to be in. There's so much, you know, I become like a receptacle to the, to the rush of life, to everything around me. Is that what it means to be social? To be a receptacle to the all, to the whole rush of life? Or is it strictly the physicalness, the material form of being what it means to be social. See, I, I just, I'm, I'm simply here just to provoke the questions. Because I don't have the answers, but what I do know is that I don't believe that social, our current understanding of social is correct. I don't believe that it is correct. And so just, just as I feel that there is a pulsing and always moving and shifting thing in our lives, that truth must be this way as well. That for me to say anything, 
would be to simply catch it in its momentous wake or to simply catch it in its little tide of a series of tides that will go on forever. How can I explain all those? So, but I think, I think those are good questions to ask. And loneliness is something that must be encountered, right? You know, how can I love anything if I refuse to bear something of the most intimate nature, something that is most unfamiliar? And I'm not trying to necessarily say that you need to know yourself before you love someone else. No, that's not what I'm saying. Because again, to know yourself assumes some kind of static end, right? And to give an example of this, it would be like climbing a mountain. If you climb to the top of the mountain, it's no longer a mountain, right? To say that you finally know who you are is to finally say that you've reached the mountain, but you're no longer at the mountain. Right? It just now becomes ground. And so to say that I know who I am would make the same fallacy, the same you know, misplaced concreteness as Alfred Whitehead would say. Um, but actually it's to always be climbing the mountain. Right? To always be in this movement. That that's what it I think that's what it means to be yourself. To always be in this movement. Now I cannot tell you what it means to be myself. Right? I cannot tell you what I am, who I am. But I can tell you this. When I say that I am being myself, I am saying that I am in the movement of life. I'm in the movement of all that is rushing in. And I am simply in this repose. Right? I'm just in the movement. It is going through me, out of me, and at, you know, and everything. So we have to really look at it more lively than simply static and dead things. And I think that's enough for my talk today. <laughs> but take care.